This is Justin Michael Williams, and welcome to the Kingdom Podcast. This is for everyone. All beliefs are welcome here. And so it doesn't matter if you call it God, spirit, the universe, crystal, science, or unicorns. You are welcome here. This is our moment to connect to something greater. This is our moment to remember how powerful we really are. Welcome to the kingdom. We begin each session with a prayer. Let's begin. Let's jump in to our prayer. Hands over the heart, dropping in to your sacred space. This place that only you know. And take a breath in and out. Just arriving here now. God, spirit, universe, all that is, all that ever has been and all that ever will be, we thank you. Thank you for bringing this community together. Thank you for guiding us home to ourselves over and over. Thank you for waking up our power and bringing us back together so that we can anchor into this space of love. I pray that every single person in this community who's here right now can feel the energy that I feel of us actually being connected, even though we may have not met in this physical form, feeling the connection in the web that we are building in the space of unity and connection and love and power and grace and forgiveness and learning and most importantly, action. May we each this week remember to wake up to our power. May we each this week notice the little moments of joy, the little surprises of joy that come in our way. May we remember to notice them and not look them by and to say thank you. God, spirit, universe, all that is, all that ever has been and all that ever will be, we thank you. And now is a moment for each of you to welcome in your own personal prayer or intention for today's session. God, spirit, universe, all that is, all that ever has been, and all that ever will be from all time and space, past, present, future, in this quantum field of reality, the ancestors, the guides, the angels, we call all of it in and forward so that we may each stand in our truth and remember that when we stand in our truth with a capital T, that we can always come back home to ourselves no matter how far in the wilderness we've been lost. Because in the lostness, we find ourselves even more deeply. So it is, Ashe, Aho, Salam, Amen, Shalom, Satnam, Om, Awen. Thank you.
Let's play. Let's play. I'm so excited for today's session. I love when I have like brand new teachings, y'all, because I, I get like so much, I like geek out on making them. And so I'm very excited about today's session because we are talking about something that to be honest with you, I had to like look through all my kingdom descriptions and notes and episodes from the past 41 sessions because I couldn't believe that we hadn't done this one. And we are talking today about the power of creativity. Now, I've talked a lot about one side of this, which is that fear and creativity are like conjoined twins, right? Like you can't do anything creative without fear coming along for the ride. And you all, everybody who's been here, who's known my teachings know that I talk a lot about self-sabotage and fear and all the things that step in our way from digging into our creative power. But what is creative power? And how do we decouple creative power from what we think of as artistic power? And how do we each remember that what we're actually here creating is the most important creation of all, which is our life? And so whether you consider yourself a creative person or not, this session today has something incredibly special for you because I think you're going to understand creativity in a whole new way, in a way that you may have not even considered it before. And so I'm going to talk about this way, talk about this in a different way than you might expect. Now, remember when I'm talking about fear and creativity, one of the things that we can look for as a marker for creativity is fear. A way that we know that we're onto something, that we're onto something new, that we're onto something creative, that something, something is trying to birth itself through us. Something is trying to be created. There is creation energy moving through us. The way that we know this is happening, one of the markers is fear. So you can look at fear in this way from this vantage point that we're looking at fear in a positive light. Because when the fear comes up, you can say, ah, oh, I'm onto something. Instead of letting the fear knock you down and you gotta go into the fears and get all in the shadows, you might just say, I'm onto something. And that doesn't mean you don't look at the shadows. It doesn't mean you don't dig into that because if you don't, obviously the shadow will end up controlling you and sabotaging you, which is why we have to look at both. But from the vantage point of creativity, standing in the point of creation, looking back at fear, you can look at it and have it be a marker, an indicator, a flag in the ground that says, hey girl, hey, you're onto something. Keep going. And that's the way that I've started to look at fear in my life. When I fear that, when I feel that feeling, that butterfly, that, oh wait, no, I don't know. When I start to have any any um, symptom of the seven or eight forms of fear that I've talked about, distraction, the inner critic, when I start to feel that come up, I've started to catch it and go, ooh, I must be onto something here. And then it becomes this fun dance with, okay, how do I dig into my fears and also welcome my creativity at the same time and not get lost in just working on the fear? Because we can go, oh, I have all this fear that's keeping me from creating. And then we get lost in just working about on the fear. But then we end up actually not creating anything because we're working so hard on our shadows and on our therapy and on our reading to overcome the fear that we end up not actually doing the thing. 
So we have to balance this out. And this is why I say they're conjoined twins because they come together. They come together hand in hand. Now, this is an incredibly important concept for multiple reasons. And as we dig into creativity today, I'm really excited because I want you, I need everybody to write this down, okay, in the chat box or write it down somewhere, all right? So there's two types of creativity. I've started separating them as colonized creativity and decolonized creativity. Colonized creativity and decolonized creativity. And I see Diaris is here. Diaris, did you hear us sing you happy birthday? I don't know if you were here or not. We sang you happy birthday. <laughs> so if not, we'll do it again at the end, okay? So write this down, colonized creativity and decolonized creativity. And I love this, I love this quote, Sandy. Fear is excitement without the breath. That's it. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so colonized creativity is about the product and the perfected output. Colonized creativity is about the product and the perfected output. Decolonized creativity focuses on the process and the experience. Okay, I just want to make sure you guys are really catching this because this is the difference, colonized and decolonized creativity is the difference between creativity for a purpose and creativity for what we may call play. Now, what you have to know is that as you're hearing me say this, you might automatically be making a, you might be making a judgment in your head on which one of these is more or less important or one of them is better. But I need you to know that neither of them are better or worse than the other. But if you don't understand the difference, then you're miss, you might be missing a big avenue of your creativity. And don't worry, Diaris, we'll sing you happy birthday again. And so what we can do here is understand that both of these avenues are avenues of which we can through which we can express our creativity. Not one is not better than the other, but if we access both, how can they actually supercharge us and help us step into our creativity even more? And so again, hold on, something's wanting to come through here. Again, one is not better than the other. They're just two avenues in but that have very different experiences and outputs. So we're gonna dig into this a little bit more deeply. One, the colonized creativity is for a purpose, and then the other is creativity for play. Now, there, you know, it's really interesting because for those of us who are overachievers, for those of us who are constantly, you know, Everything that we do needs to have a purpose. Everything that we do needs to be productive. Everything that we do has to have a reason. I'm raising my hand here because I struggle with this, right? Learning how to step into both of these forms of creativity has been a massive, massive life upgrade for me. And in the way that Elena Brower in our last session, in session 40, talked about creativity, I mean, talked about caring for yourself and how caring for yourself helps all these other parts of your life blossom open, I have learned 
that expressing my creativity has helped all these different parts of my life blossom open. So caring for ourselves, creativity, these other things help us expand in massive ways. So I wanna show you some fun examples that I looked up some pictures for you all. So one of the first times in my adult life that I remember just really giving myself extended, and I mean like really extended time and energy to do creativity for play was my first time at Burning Man in 2014, okay? Because up until then, almost all my creativity was getting used for product, was getting used for outcomes, was getting used for money, was getting used for some kind of a purpose. And so when I got to Burning Man, you know, there's no money exchange, there's no jobs, there's no anything like this. And I remember I arrived there and I ride there with this dusty, this like dusty old bike, right? And I sat for three hours decorating my bike. And so here's my first Burning Man bike when I went to Burning Man. And I put lights all over it and I like wrapped all these wires around it. You could see and you can't see some of the stuff. There's like metallic. I covered it with metallic shiny paper and it was like the seat was covered in little teeny tiny rhinestones. I like rhinestone the whole seat. It was really amazing. And I'm like riding around Burning Man on this bike that I had made. And I remember I was so, I felt so fulfilled because I was like, oh my God, when's the last time that I let myself spend three hours doing something that was just like, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it didn't really matter. And uh, another thing that I do that's, that's really, really fun, I'm just giving you guys some examples here in my personal life so you can see in your own life, is painting. So m anybody who's been to my home, um, my home that I lived in before, right now obviously you guys know I'm on the road, is I have all the paintings in my house are paintings that I've done with me and my friends. So I invite friends over and we paint and we create and have kombucha and you know tea and, and like put on music and create. And so this was me just um, during our Esalen workshop. Most people don't know this, but during our Esalen workshop, in between teaching, because I was spending so much time being productive, right, teaching, I actually escaped into the art barn at Esalen and I painted. I painted for an hour, like three times that week, just to wake up that creative flow inside of me. Again, no purpose, no anything, just creativity to play, okay? And then another one that you guys, I'm showing this to you just because you're gonna laugh, but another thing that I've been doing, or I don't do it that often, but that I've been doing, and I, it started with one of my nieces, is during the beginning of the quarantine last March, over a year ago, um, my niece called me Malia, and Malia, if you're watching, hello, I love you, baby. Um, Malia, my little four, five-year-old niece, had said, hey, can we learn the savage TikTok dance? And I was like, what? And so my commitment to myself was I wasn't posting it. I wasn't like, I wasn't doing it to make it perfect. I was just gonna learn this TikTok dance with my niece, right? And it was so fun and I sucked at it so bad and it was really funny. And then I started being like, oh, I wanna like learn dance routines, right? So I'm gonna show you all something funny. This was a dance routine. This, this particular video, I have actually never posted anywhere. This one that you're seeing, I posted another version. And this was me, I spent hours and hours and hours learning the Britney Spears, I'm a slave for you choreography. Check this out. <laughs> So there's that, right? So there's that. So this is like, I'm, I'm showing you all this to see that, like expressing the non, um, 
colonize, the decolonize version of creativity is a really important part of letting our energy flow. And it's, it's a big part of expressing yourself and blossoming yourself open in some big ways. Really fun to show that, that Slave For You uh, video. I had so much fun doing that, right? It was just for me, like just for myself. And so these are fun and you can all do different ways and different things that this helps expand, you know, your capacity in your own life. But then on the flip side, right? A thing that a lot of you may not know or recognize or like see it this way, but for me, recording music in the recording studio. So here's a video of me when I was recording Believe. This is in the studio with the brothers Corin recording Believe. Um, this is not decolonized for me. This is very process and product driven. Now it's fun, it's purposeful, it's playful, but it's work, right? And this version of creativity is a different form, but they inform each other. They help snow, like a snowball effect, affect one another so that when I show up in the studio or in a, in a process product colonized form of creativity for myself, I have the energy charged up for myself. And I see Anna here saying, I want to carve out more space for my creativity. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you more of that. So I had an idea of something that I'm just gonna try right now because you'll see how just in the way that you're doing it and the intention that is behind it and with it, something like music here for me, when I'm in the studio recording music, it's very much colonized creativity. It's very much product-driven creativity. It's about getting the right take, getting it perfect, doing it over and over, wanting it to sound good, dropping into the emotion, but doing all of that to make something for someone else and to make something good for someone else, which is different than just doing something, right? So the process-driven version is just about doing it. It's just about enjoying it. It's just about having the experience without judging whether you're good or whether you're bad or whether you're this. And I'm going to give you some tips on how to dig into that in a, in a little bit. But then the product one, while it might be about emotion and while it might be about passion and while it might be something you're excited about and that you love, if it has an intention and a purpose of being good, if it has an intention and a purpose of having a reason for other people to see it, to need it, then it is instantly a product-driven type of creativity. But if you shift the intention and add some things to it, then you can even turn something that is typically product-driven into a process-driven. So I'm gonna do something with you all. So when I'm in the studio, like you're seeing here, this is product-driven. However, <clears throat> when I play piano, because I'm not good at piano at all, I, like, I really am not a piano player, I'm very much a beginner, <clears throat> When I play piano, it is very, very much process-driven because I'm just having fun. So I figured I would just for a second show you the difference between product-driven, which is like creating a song, right? And then process-driven, which is getting on and just doing something. Now, I want to tell you all, I have no idea what I'm about to do. I literally don't, I barely know how to play the piano. I know a little bit and just see what comes. So somebody here, give me a word. I want somebody here to give me a word to play with. And when I see the word, 
I will start to see what we're going to bring over to the piano. So I'm doing this. Okay. Can you hear this? You guys got to tell me if you can hear the piano. I'm gonna come look at some words, but I'm gonna see if you all can hear it in the first place. Parrot, that's not gonna be the word. Sunshine, fascination, faith, goddess, joy, family. All right, I'll go with some of these. Joy, family, freedom. Okay, <clears throat> let's see what happens. I wanna make sure you all can hear it though. I'll turn this up a little bit. All right, so let's see what happens. <clears throat> I'm trying to make sure y'all can hear. I think you can hear. Okay. So, I'm over here. And let's see what happens. I'm making sure you guys can hear it. Nobody's telling me if you can hear it. I need to know if you can hear it. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see what comes. Ooh, and there comes a little fear. That's how you know you are on to something. i 
Like just, just playing and being and making it up and just messing around, right? And like this is how you turn it into play, right? You turn it into play. And right there you, you catch like, I catch the fear coming, right? I catch the fear coming of like, oh my God, this doesn't sound good. I don't know what I'm doing. That was all happening. That was all happening the whole time, right? It comes in, oop, that wasn't good. Oh, she messed up. Oh, you should have did that. Oh, it would have been better if you changed the note. Oh, all that, right? All that kind of like feeling is part of the creative process because you're gonna, the inner critic, the seven forms of fear. If you haven't listened to the forms of fear that we've talked about here in the kingdom, go to the power of your hidden fears, that episode. And the forms of fear come up as a marker to say, keep going, you're right on track. And if we had more time, I would have kept going, right? I would have just kept going and kept playing and kept exploring and, you know, just seeing what happened. And so this is how, you know, we integrate the parrot and, you know, the, the whole thing. And so anyway, I hope parrot, Pete the parrot is, is very happy here that uh, uh, the parrot got included in the song. So. Let me make this, hold on. It's really funny because my spirit wants to keep playing now. So this is what happens, right? When we wake up the, the spirit of play, there's like this excitement that comes up and then, and like right now it's like the piano is like calling me, right? And I just want to play. So maybe when we end, I will, uh, I'll go back and do another one and we'll continue on with our song. So I want to make this really practical for you all to see how you can start to take this into your life in a, in a really meaningful way. Because most of us have been, ah, I have my microphone way over here. Most of us have been unfortunately, very unfortunately, conditioned, conditioned to think that our creativity has to be worth something for it to matter. Hear me. Think about how that is a subconscious belief inside of most of our brains. And if it's not worth something, then it doesn't matter, then it's a waste of time, then we shouldn't have time doing it, we shouldn't spend time doing it. And so this for me, for example, as I've been here at this Airbnb with this beautiful piano, I've just been playing not to write songs, but just to play, just to feel the energy moving through, not recording it. The, not trying to make sure that it, you know, saves in my phone so I could write it for a song later, just literally to be in it. And so your creativity doesn't have to be worth something for it to matter. And so what a lot of us say, this is a big one, y'all. This is a really big one. A lot of us say, I'm not creative. So some people know they're creative and they know they're pushing it down. But then there's another half of you who are here who will say, well, I'm not actually, I'm not, I'm not that creative. I'm not creative. Raise your hand, put your hands up in the chat box if you say that. And this reminds me of something that I started with that my colleague, one of my colleagues and friends, Jennifer Bloom, 
has this amazing quote, and I need those of you who say that you're not creative to really hear me on this, because this is important. Do not equate creative to artistic. They're not the same thing. Creative and artistic are not the same thing because we are creating the most important thing of all, which is our lives. And having the energy of creativity move through us is important and essential for all of us. And we are all creative. Some, for some of us, the idea that we're creative got beat out of us, got shamed out of us, got teased out of us, got bullied out of us, that I'm not that good at it out of us. But imagine the little childhood version of you when you're a little kid. And if you were seeing the little kid version of yourself, would you tell that little kid, you're not creative? No. Right? And so as we dig into waking up this creative force in us, it actually, and I'm not going to get into all the neuroscience, but it wakes up the right hemisphere of the brain, the side of the brain that helps us with all these incredible things in our lives so that we can learn to grow and expand. And the quote was by somebody named Jennifer Bloom. I'm putting this back up for you. Jennifer Bloom. Okay. So I need you all to really remember this. Because this session about creativity is not just for people who consider themselves artists. Now, as we continue on, y'all know that you're not getting out of this session of creativity with me without me talking about the etymology of creativity, which is really fascinating. So creativity, this is one of my favorites because we throw around this word creativity all the time. Creativity comes from creatus, I feel like I'm like in Catholic church when I say that. Creatus dominus. I don't know. <laughs> just, I have no idea if that's what they say. But I grew up in Catholic church, by the way. I'm not making fun of it. So uh, creatus is a Latin root, which is the root of create, creation, creativity, this root that links them all together. And what it means is to bring in to being. I need you all to feel what, I need you to actually like ground in and feel how that lands. The definition, the origin of the words create, creativity, creation, is to bring in to being. That's like really deep. And notice there's nothing on here that says to bring into being, especially art or music or dance or painting. No. To bring into being. And so what is it in our own lives that we are ready to bring into being? And when I kind of dug in and did more and more research on this, this was so fascinating to me, is that ancient Greece and Rome, which is where you know, going back into the origins of where we first start to see this word create and creativity and creation, they did not believe that humans had the power to create anything. They didn't believe that humans had the power to create anything at all. They believed that when we tap into a creative space, 
that we have to be, we must be tapping into something greater to, than ourselves. Because what they believed in that time was that only the divine had the power to bring anything into the being, into being. Only the divine had the power to create, which is why I'm teaching this in the kingdom today. And so what we're doing when we tap into a creative space is we're creating a channel and a flow for the divine to move through us to bring into being through us as the vessel. And we are tapping into the place from which all ideas originate and come from. And so anybody who's read the book that I've recommended time and time again, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, which is one of my, you know, favorite, favorite books of all time, she talks about creativity in this really beautiful way. Big Magic, the subtitle of Big Magic is Creative Living Beyond Fear. So even right there, Elizabeth Gilbert is saying how fear and creativity are tied together. And it's the magic, the big magic of our lives when we allow this to actually channel itself through us. And so what Elizabeth Gilbert says, which I love, like I really, really love, is she talks about how Ideas, ideas, creative energy, ideas come from some other place. They're not ours, but they require a human for the idea, which is its own entity, to be brought into being. It takes a human, a person saying, yes, I'm going to take this idea and I'm gonna commit and I'm gonna let it move through me. And like Dion's saying here, I'm gonna allow myself to be the vessel for the creativity to move through me, for the idea to move through. And this is how an Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it in the most incredible way. You know, the way that she talks about it, which I agree with fully, you know, she pulls kind of like the God element out of it, like the Romans and the Greeks were talking about, but it's all one and the same to me here, which is, Ideas are in this space and they don't belong to any of us, which is why you will have an idea and it'll keep coming to you and it'll be knocking on your door. Hey, 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 I have this idea. You should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And then fast forward, you don't do it. You lose the motivation. The idea goes away. And then three years later, you see somebody else with the exact same idea that you had is because the idea isn't yours. You didn't come up with it. It came through to ask you for its permission and for your agreement to make a pathway for it to be brought into being. And so this is why ideas you'll see people have and you talk to them and then you realize, oh my God, this idea that, that they're all coming from this place that we're tapping into together. And so this is really, really powerful. And so when we say, I'm not creative, when we say, I can't create, when we say, I don't have time to be creative, what we're saying is divine, not now. I ain't got time for you. I'm busy. And, and it's not that we have to do every creative idea that comes our way, but I'll tell you all something funny. So like, I don't know, 10 years ago, 
I have I have the whole outline, whole idea for a business plan in my laptop right now, saved from I think 2000, it was probably 12 or 13. I was on a hike and I had this massive idea come to me about, I was like, oh my God, what if there was an online course platform that was similar to like how Oprah like teaches people, but instead of just one teacher, we got some of the biggest celebrities of our time. And we got people that like did really cool things and then they taught us how they did it. So I even wrote down in my notes, what if we got like Christina Aguilera or Alicia Keys to teach us how to sing? And what if we got some like really famous person to teach us like Madonna, like how she meditates? And what if we got this? So I had this idea, I started working on the business plan. I had ideas, I talked to a few people about it and I was like, uh. I had the frying pan moment. I said, this idea is too big for me. I don't know, how am I gonna get in touch with any of these people? I don't know. I'm just this 20 something dude. Fast forward, some of you already know what I'm talking about. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, like six or seven years later, and I see, ta-da, masterclass. And I went, oh, that was my idea. Like that was the same idea that I had. It was like, literally I was looking at it and it was like exactly like seeing masterclass was exactly the vision that I had well before masterclass was ever a thing. Now, I could start to say, well, it was my idea first and blah. It was never my idea. It was an idea that came to me and said, hey, I got something for you, you want it? And I said, maybe, let me see, nope. Fear took control and said, not, not I, somebody else. And so then the idea said, boop, goodbye. I still have the whole business plan in my, in my laptop. And so this is how ideas and the energy of creativity and ideas work. Because what is it that we are bringing into being? And so another element, and then we're gonna do a practice in a moment, Another element of creativity is, that's really, really important is that creativity throughout most traditions is often linked with sexuality, passion, and what we call the life force energy. So when you look even through Christianity, through Buddhism, through basically everything, Taoism, everything, okay? The idea of creation, creating, is considered the highest form of power. And they, the reason sexuality and passion is all linked in the same space of creativity is because what is human be, or life's greatest form of creation? How do we interact with our greatest form of bringing something into being? Bringing another life into being is through sexuality, is through creation, procreation, right? And so this same energy, creative energy, creativity, sexuality, passion, life force energy is all in many traditions considered one and the same. And this is why many of you know, I've talked about this, it's in my book. This was a big reason why I decided to be celibate when I was writing my book, Stay Woke, thanks to Brenda, right? And so this is why I decided to do that and be celibate because I knew that for me to be able to actually focus and direct my energy of creation towards my book in the way that really it required and needed of me, I needed to direct and funnel and channel 
all of my creative energy towards Stay Woke so that I could bring it into being in its highest form. Right? And so this is why, for example, like women are, are encouraged not to drink when they're pregnant. You're wanna, you keep yourself super aligned and as healthy as possible and as inspired as possible and rested and whatever you can, right? While you're pregnant because you're about to bring something into being. So this is what I was doing for myself when I was working on Stay Woke. And it continued and continues, <laughs> you know, a lot longer than I expected. And so, but either way, the whole purpose of what I'm saying to you right now in this context is that all the way through, and I'll even show you this, there's a word in Greek, and we don't have a word for this in English, called eros, E-R-O-S. I want you all to type this in, okay? E-R-O-S, eros. And eros is this incredible energy that they have a word for in Greek. Again, we don't have a word for it in English. That means some combination of passion, sexuality, life force, creative juices. It's like this energy. And when we look at, for example, tarot, tarot cards, when you look at on the, this is the beauty of the tarot by Brenda Via, my favorite tarot deck. If anybody wants a, a really good tarot deck, just go to Brenda Rose and you can go to brenda-rose.com and look up her amazing deck. This is the one I use, it's sitting right next to me. And on the right side, I have all this fire, these fire cards which is the fire energy. And the fire energy in Tarot even is, when you look it up, it's creativity, passion, sexuality, it's all the juice of life, art. It's all of that together in one, all the things you can't see and can't touch, but that give you that juice of life. And so when we are over using our creative energy in one place, and this is, goes back to the Greek philosophy of eros, yes, Sandy, like erotic, which is it is not the same, it's not the same as erotic, but it comes from the same root because erotic energy has eros in it, but so does artistic energy. And so the reason why I'm bringing this to you is eros is not about sexuality. Eros is the juice of your life force. And what happens is what the Greeks believed and what I believe, and I think what all the traditions really say, is that you have a limited amount of eros to use. We don't have unlimited eros in, in a given day. And so if your eros is, is spilling out and bleeding out in all these random things that you're doing, sexuality and this and that and this and that, and you're not actually replenishing it, then you actually diminish your creative energy that you have to put towards the things that really matter in your life. And so Alton nailed it here. We live in a world of opposites. We can experience hot if we also have a concept of cold. There is only love or fear to choose from. Choosing to be in your place of love is choosing to be in creative creativity. This is it, okay? And so the reason why we're having trouble understanding Eros is because we don't have a definition for it, in, a word for it in English, but it's something, it is sexuality, but it's not just sexuality. It is passion, it is art, it's the juice of life. It is eroticism, but it's not just that, okay? And so I'm bringing all of this energy to you and all these words to you and all this context to you and this from this many different dimensions to help you understand one main thing. Creativity is not something you get more of. It's something you tap into. Type that in, y'all. 
Creativity is not something you get more of. It's something you tap into. And yes, you can perfect your craft. You can work on your skill. But it doesn't matter how, how many people do we know who are very skilled at something but have no life energy, no passion, no interest, no creative force that goes into it. Right? So skill and creativity are not the same thing. Skill and create, creative energy are not the same thing. And so what so many people say, and this is really important, is I hear so many people say stuff like this and it hurts me. And I write it, I wrote it in Stay Woke and people who get it, get it. And this is really, really important. So many people, for example, will say that smoking weed or drinking or whatever it is that they do helps them become more creative. No, you can't become more creative. You can tap more deeply into the source of creative energy. You can wake up and unleash and allow the source of creativity to run through you and move through you. You can allow yourself to be a vessel for creativity. And what smoking and drinking and whatever all the different things that people do that they say that they're doing to enhance their creativity is what that's actually doing. It's not making you more of anything. It's just taking off the layers of shame and guilt and fear and judgment that are blocking your connection to the creativity that has always been inside of you and that is always accessible to you. That's all that it's doing, right? And this is why we see so many people in the arts who have addiction because again, it doesn't matter how fucking, excuse my language, it doesn't matter how talented you are, fear and creativity come together. And if we don't work on our shadow, then what we have to do is numb the fear so that we can allow the creative flow to come through. But if we work on our shadow, we can recognize and honor and get intimate with the fear to let the fear be there and say, I'm scared, but I'm doing it anyways. And I'm going to stand here even with this fear and allow myself to be a vessel for it to come through. And so this is the path. This is the path to authentic, aligned, full power creativity. And you might say, you know, well, there's all these people who were so great when they were on drugs or when they were on this or when that, and that might, that might be true. But it never ends well. In fact, oftentimes the very gift, whatever the gift was, gets taken too soon, lifted away, ruined because of those things. And so we each can look at the ways in which we numb our creativity. The ways in which we numb our creativity out of ourselves. And so this is really important. I love how active you all are being in, in the comments today. I'm just trying to look and read. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. So this is, this is all really important. Great. So again, I want to be very clear. I'm not, I want to be very clear and y'all know me, y'all know me. Okay. 
So watch if watch what comes up. I'm not demonizing alcohol or weed or any. I'm not saying any of those things are bad. I I think all these things are neutral, okay? But our relationship to those things is what can make them toxic or not. And what I want to make sure that you know is that yes, while some of these substances can remove your inhibitions and help you tap in. My intention with the work that I do in the world is to help you remember that you can tap in anytime you want and to help you connect in to that creative force within you without needing anything outside of yourself to drop into it. This is authentic power. And again, I'm not demonizing, judging, shaming for anybody who uses whatever you use, but it's important to know, okay? It's just important to know that it is not, that it is not any, even if you're doing the weed or the whatever the this, it's the CBD it's not giving you anything. It's just removing the things that we haven't had the ability to or have not had the courage to actually heal in our own shadows so that your light can shine through. So this is, I want to be very, very clear, you know, on, on, on how this is, on how I'm naming this. So I want to take us here. And then we're going to close out this amazingly fun session. And maybe I'll go back to the piano for a minute if I feel like it. So how do we start to tap into the creative power within each of us? How do we actually do this? And I want to separate this, like we did in the beginning, between colonized and decolonized creativity, between the process and the product creativity, because they're both very different ways of you have very different ways of accessing them and very different purposes for accessing them. So I'll start by, and you're gonna to wanna to take some notes on this. Talk about how you wake up the energy of the process experience type of creativity. Now remember, there are two types and both types are equally as important. None, neither is better than the other. And it's important that we do, however, know when we're tapping into one type or the other and how to activate that type and what the purpose is of that type, okay? Because the purpose of, for example, the process experience is often just to bring joy into our lives, is to wake up our creative energy, is to charge ourselves up, is to let it flow, is to overcome your anxiety, is to, and there's a lot of studies on this, okay? So process experience type of creativity. Number one is be a beginner. That's the easiest way to get into this type of creativity. Easiest way is to be a beginner at something. And this is hard for a lot of us because when you're a beginner at something, you're not good at it, right? But if it's something that you just know, like you're not whatever, like I did with painting, for example, or writing about, it doesn't matter. You're not really judging yourselves. When I was in Philly, I went to a karate class. Like I've never, I did karate maybe once when I was a kid. So you don't expect yourself to be good. So you can just go and feel the energy of joy moving through you, which leads me to my second point, which is what I call let joy drive. 
Do something just because it brings you joy. Has to have no purpose, no meaning, no outcome, no anything. Just let joy take the driver's seat. And then the third, which is probably the most important, is a phrase that I have to always tell myself when I'm in the space of creativity, of process type of creativity, which is you're allowed to take this time. It's okay. And so, so many of us, when we do this kind of creative for creative sake, for experiencing sake, we get mad at ourselves for wasting time. I don't have enough time to do that. I should be being more productive. But remember that the person, the purpose of the process and experience, the decolonized version of creativity is to juice you up. So it's actually not purposeless. It gives you the juice and the joy of life. And again, I'm not going to get into all the science, but there's a lot of studies on this of joy and happiness and fulfillment and contentment just by giving yourself the experience of play. So some ways that in my own life I do this is ecstatic dance. I love ecstatic dance. Drum circles. So fun. I used to play drums in high school. I have no interest in becoming a professional drummer, but I love drumming, right? Painting. Like I showed you, I love it. And it doesn't matter if it turns out good, I could throw it away, right? But just being in the process and the experience. So I'd love to hear in the chat box some of the things that you might think of for your own self that you can use as a process or experience type of creativity. And then I'll go to understanding the second part but before I do I want you to understand that there is a link between process decolonized creativity and product creativity because what I have found in my own experience is that when you engage in the process creativity it actually supercharges you to help the product type of creativity blossom even more So let's go to the second type. Let's talk about the product and the outcome type of creativity. So the product and outcome type of creativity functions very, very differently. And I'm gonna turn off the music for this because I want you all to hear me very clearly. It works very differently than the process kind. Because when you're doing creativity for a, hold on. Okay, when you're doing creativity for a product or an outcome, you have to go about this a little bit differently. So number one is you have to carve out space. You have to create dedicated time and space in your life for the creative river to allow itself to flow through you. And then this leads into the second point, which is you have to protect and take responsibility for the fact that this energy wants to come through. So... You have to look at the creative energy that's coming through you to be shared with an outcome and a product, which is for people, as a gift from the divine that is moved through you to humanity. And if it doesn't come through you, the world will never see it. And so we don't create by just thinking about it. We create by doing it. And so many of you know my teachings on power hours and a power action. 
So taking power hours in a nutshell is taking the, the time in your day when you feel the most awakened, alive, and joyful. All of us have about a couple hours every day where we feel naturally more elevated and lifted. Mine is usually around, a, like it's gotten earlier, like nine o'clock in the morning, nine or 10, is you take one or two hours of that time or even 30 minutes and dedicate it to your creative time. And then you all, many of you know my power action teaching, which is picking one action that you're going to do every day that's taking you forward towards your dreams. And you can make this a creative action. So for example, if you have a book or a music project or some project that you're doing for the public, it's not going to just make itself. And so if you remember the divine connection to creativity, then what we're talking about when I'm talking about taking responsibility for our gifts is by saying, I am honoring that the divine has given me the gift of this inspiration and this idea for a project or a book or whatever it is. I am taking responsibility for this. And as I take responsibility for this, I need to carve out space in my life for the creativity to have a pathway to flow through me. You don't wait to be inspired to sit down and let the river flow. You sit down and create the space and let the river flow through you instead of waiting for the river to come knocking on your door. And this is why so many of us, when we get in the shower or when we drive in the car, will have ideas start coming to us because it's the one moment in our life when we've stopped for a second and not been distracted by all of our doing and the creative creative energy says, oh, there's space and it tries to come rush through. And so if you don't create space in your life, dedicated space in your life, then it will just keep coming through in the shower and this and then you don't have anything to do with it. Or we lay down in bed at night, ready to go to sleep and then you can't sleep because all the ideas are coming. It's a gift, but it's also not a responsible way to use the gift. You will find that the creative ideas will start to come because the divine will start to recognize at 11 o'clock every day, Colleen sits down to write. It starts to recognize the pathway in the channel and over time, the ideas come through. Sometimes they don't, sometimes they do, but you're creating the space and allowing it to flow. And this is how the product-driven creativity works. It's very different than, let me just go play and explore. It takes a little bit of discipline and a lot of responsibility. And I don't mean responsibility in the way that we normally think about it. I'm saying responsibility in terms of you being responsible for the gift that is coming through you from the divine. That's what we're talking about here. Yes, Candida, when we're doing the dishes or when we're doing these things, right? And so how are you being responsible for the gift? By making no time for it? By making no space for it? By saying, I'm not creative enough? Or by setting aside a few minutes every day to allow the process to flow through you and not being judgmental about what comes through because guess what? It's not yours anyway. It never was. Never will be. You are the vessel through which creativity flows. And so the question for our action and practice today is very simple, which is what are you ready to bring in to being? <laughs> 
What are you ready to bring in to being? Close your eyes, hands over the heart. Take a full breath in and a breath out. And without any hesitation, just ask yourself the question, what am I ready to bring into being? And see what arises. Don't judge it, shame it, push it down, say it doesn't make sense. Listen to the creative force that is coming through you. And if your answer is, I don't know, that's okay too. And then take another breath in, open your eyes, type it into the chat box. What are you bringing into being? Remember, it's not just about art. What are you bringing into being? And then once you type it in, I'm putting this back up for Anna. I want you to think of, close your eyes, and I want you to think of one, sorry, take a breath in and out, and I want you to think of one process decolonized for the experience, creative thing that you can do this week. One thing that's just for fun, just for play, just for the juice of the life of Eros. And then I want you to think of one way that you can create space in your life for the product-driven creativity. And remember, it's not just about art. It can be about your family. It can be about your home. It can be a project you're doing in your house, which is indeed for other people because it's about other people being able to experience something beautiful in your home when they come. And how can you dedicate space for this in your life? And don't just be hypothetical. I'll ask this, when will you dedicate space for this in your life this week? What days, what time, before and after you do what? And then take a breath in and out. Beautiful, everybody. And type both of those things into the chat box. I want you to type in what you're doing for your process and what you're doing for your product. And this is your power action for this week. So as we close our kingdom practice about the power of creativity, I want you to just last time, put your hands over your heart. We covered a lot today from fear and faith and the origins of creativity and the different kinds of creativity, where it comes from, sexuality. I want you to just think of what is your one main takeaway from today's practice. One main takeaway. 
And once you have that takeaway, take a breath in and out and type that takeaway into the chat box and we will see all the takeaways coming in. I love, I love all these stories. Tidra, hello. So, <clears throat> I love it, everybody. I'm seeing everything come through. So don't just write this in the chat. Put it in your calendar. It's time. Don't forget about it. Don't sign off the kingdom and forget about it. So as we close today's kingdom session, because she missed it, we are going to sing happy birthday again to Diaris, and then I'm gonna play around on the piano and then we'll close out for a few minutes. I'm gonna try, I do not know how to play happy birthday on the piano. Literally don't know how to do that, but I'm just gonna see what happens. And we are going to have a little moment together, okay? So, this is for Diaris and for everybody who has birthdays this month. And this is how we are sending our creativity into action as we close out the kingdom. <clears throat> I don't know how to do this. I assume you all can hear me okay? All right. Hmm. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday. see me looking at you and everybody else.
Happy birthday. I love you all, Kingdom family, so much. Have an amazing, beautiful, magical rest of your day and an amazing week. And this is how we wake up to the power of creativity within. I'm going to go keep playing the piano. I love you all. And we rise together. Bye for now. almost forgot my closing prayer. May you be happy. May you be free. May you always find peace. And God, spirit, universe, all that is, all that ever has been, and all that ever will be, help us remember to wake up to the power of our creativity. Because we know that it is a gift from you. Amen. So it is. Ashe, aho, salam, shalom, satnam. I went on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to rate it or subscribe. But most importantly, to send this episode to a friend or to someone you love. The only way we're going to see change in this world is by each of us spreading messages of hope into the corners of the world where only you can reach. So send this today to someone who needs it. I'm sure they'll thank you for it. This is Justin Michael Williams, signing out. I love you, and I'll meet you right here in this special place in our next episode, where we rise together.